Welcome to The Curriculum, a podcast by Cornerstones Education. Here we discuss all things curriculum, plus leadership issues, teaching tips and much, much more. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Curriculum, a podcast by Cornerstones Education. I'm Caroline Pudner and today we're going to be talking about the early years, in particular the importance of continuous provision and enhanced provision and some top tips for making both of these work well in your setting. Now, we're very lucky today because we're joined by Emma Reynolds, who has over 20 years experience in EYFS teaching. And Emma is currently an assistant head teacher and a federation leader for EYFS across three schools. Emma's also worked with us here at Cornerstones on curriculum materials for the early years. So welcome, Emma, and thank you so much for taking time out of what must be a really busy end of year to join us today. Hi, yeah, very busy, but very pleased to be here. Thank you. I'm going to start then with maybe the biggest question of all, which is what is the difference between continuous provision and enhanced provision, do you think? (laughs) Okay, so very often confused. Continuous provision basically is... It's always there. It's what's available to children every day. It's familiar to the children. They know what's there. They can find what they want every day. So your areas, your malleable area, your craft area, your sand, your water play, role play, everything's always there. Whereas your enhanced provision, it's in these areas, but it's what we do to alter continuous provision to provide new challenges, make it more exciting, Mm -hmm. go with topics, topic links, children's interests, etc., yeah, the bits that make it in, literally enhanced, isn't it? So, yeah. well, we'll talk more about enhanced provision later. So that's, you know, hopefully cleared up for people maybe who don't know anything about mm. continuous provision, the diff- the main difference between them. And they both have a, a have a role, don't they? Really Definitely. important role. Let's look at continuous provision now. And why do you feel that is so important in an early year setting, Emma? Okay, so children can come to school and already have in their mind what they want to do that day. Mm -hmm. So at home, on the way to school, while you're doing the register, they may have already made plans in their minds what they want to do. They can also revisit uh, activities that they've previously enjoyed. They can test out their own theories and thoughts, challenge themselves. But mostly it's that familiarity children, young children need repetition they need familiarity Mm. they need to know that what they like is there and it's available yeah and I suppose even within that when they're doing something familiar to them they might be you might witness some new idea or new application of something that's right so they'll often repeat an activity a number of times and then they will just naturally begin to challenge themselves and Mm. then that takes you onto the role of the adult within provision to bring that on yeah, and uh, that's one of the big areas of, I suppose, the characteristics of effective learning, mm-hmm. isn't it, is um, coming up with new ideas. And I suppose that continuous provision does it, but then when you're enhancing it, that's you, right, yeah. Yeah, you're kind of provoking them even more, aren't mm-hmm. you, to think about, oh, what do I do here? So looking at continuous provision again, what tips would you give teachers in how to plan 
their continuous provision? Because there's so many ideas out there. But what have you done, Emma, that's, uh, and in the schools that you work in, that you think is really effective with continuous provision? Okay, so this is something that you look at when you, if you're visiting a new foundation setting mm. or a new classroom, you're assessing your areas first. So assessing where would a reading area be best placed? Where would a role play area best be placed? Mm. If you're lucky enough to have any corners... <laughs> for a, a role play area yeah. or a quieter area obviously mm. is more suitable for a reading area where you can make a reading nook or a, a quiet reading area the best continuous provision is uncluttered it's more minimalistic rather than walking into a, a for example a role play area mm. with several buckets or boxes overflowing with dressing up materials and dozens and dozens of plastic tea sets it's going for the minimal approach so less but good quality resources and it's better to alternate than to have areas too cluttered so if you cannot actually physically fit all possible areas of continuous provision Mm. in your setting rather than trying to get them in there to and get it too cluttered close together it's better to so if you can't have sand and water out at the same time then don't oh, don't right. worry about that. You can yeah. alternate or try and buy um, a sand tray, for example, that that's got partitions in, so mm. they can have sand and water, but it doesn't have to be a different area. Mm. Because often foundation classrooms, foundation settings can become just too overrun with equipment stuff. You yeah. know, and, and what's the effect of that on children and on children's learning? Do you think when it is when there's almost too much choice and too much stuff? They tend to be very flitty. Um, move from one area to another Mm. because if they're not comfortable within that area either there are too many children there or there's just not enough space Mm. then their play is not going to be as valuable right that's interesting actually because I think maybe some people's tendency maybe if when you're starting out as an early years practitioner I've got to have this 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 and this and buying it all and sourcing all the stuff uh but yeah that's an interesting thing to reflect on actually or even a pack away so Mm. um some environments have to be pack away settings but uh, you could even have if you've not got an area for malleable you could have like the really useful boxes with your play-doh setting Mm. in there so that that provision's in there that you can add your enhancements and it can be brought out as and when needed. Yeah, and I suppose for some schools as well, if um, they've got an outside area with a cover, mm-hmm. is looking at that space. I'm sure a lot of people think like this anyway, but have you seen... Yeah, a lot of our continuous provision is outside. Yeah, so yeah. It's continually and... available for them outdoors. Mm-hmm. And maybe to think flexibly about that stuff that you might have had indoors, you, could, you ask, you know, mm. could this actually be done on a table outside? Do you have any other considerations for uh, continuous provision, Emma? Yeah, so um, when you're looking at setting up and resourcing new areas, looking at educational suppliers is always the first place to start. But if your budget doesn't run to that, then obviously your high street bargain stores, much cheaper shops, you can uh, resource things from parents. I often send out begging letters, really, saying what we'd like to have in provision. And often parents, grandparents will will come up with the goods Mm. and donate things. Also, considering what opportunities there are for writing in in every and any area of continuous Mm. provision. Uh, So continuously having clipboards, notebooks, lists, different kinds of pencils, pens available to them all the time. If it's Mm. outdoors, using little drilled-out tree stumps for... We've got some little bark-type pencils, uh, twig pencils to have in the, the nature area 
little backpacks we use for a lot of things that have got writer's packs in that oh, they can right, actually yeah. take around in provision. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy doing that. Yeah, there's a couple of loads of ideas there for continuous provision. Let's think about enhancing it now, Emma, because you know, it's not something you might do well you don't do it in every area but it is a good idea to enhance provision so maybe for the listener could you explain why you would enhance provision and when you do this okay so when we're looking at at our planning so medium term planning for a say a half term a six week block we'll look at each area of provision and we will plan enhancements so, for example, last week when we did the gingerbread man, the enhancements in, in the dough were we actually made the dough with ginger, so it was ginger-scented. Mm. One day we did lavender's blue, so the, the Play-Doh was lavender-scented. Mm. So things like that you can plan for, mm. but as, you, as you're going along, it might be, it might be topic-related that you want enhance something with, or it might be a child that says it's there. I had a child that said, oh, it's my mum's birthday tomorrow, so I said, well, let's make some things. So we, br- we brought in lots of party hats streamers mm. um candles things like that and they, they made their own parties so in the role play area again in the dough area outside they set up for a party i've had a child a few weeks ago very excited about going on the first camping trip so we got the camping backpacks out the children made lists mm. for what things they'd need to pack mm. things like that so it's a lot of it is child-led. A lot of it is in the moment. Some things you can plan for because you know your topic, you know the enhancements you can make. Uh, you can't possibly enhance every area of continuous no. provision every week. Mm. Some areas will lend themselves better each week to mm. enhancing. So you go in with the topic, go in with the children's interests. So, for example, when Pokemon Go was a, a biggie, I just made some little laminated characters hid them out in the area. They, they made their own games up with it. Then they said, oh, let's see who can win. So they had clipboards with little lists and, again, opportunities for writing. Mm. Even the youngest nursery children were mark-making, saying, I found this one, I found this one, ticking off. Any visitors that you've had in, so they might uh, give you ideas for enhancements, children's hobbies. I also use the uh, some little frames of Tolsby frames for adding challenge cards across our federation we have mixed classes so we do have foundation children and year one children that still access provision mm. so enhancements that I need to add are often challenges so right yeah you know they might say to the children uh, can you build using only odd numbers today or can you yeah. build, so it, it can be a math challenge in the construction area or it can be a literacy challenge outdoors mm. or yeah so adding. enhancements can be challenges yes and they can also be used to consolidate yeah, yeah yeah so you've got uh, that's the beauty of enhancing isn't mm-hmm. it and like you've you've touched on a lot it's about using the child's interest which again it, it really engages the children and it gives them mm. something new doesn't it and especially through story favorite stories yeah. favorite rhymes and the children will often find their own enhancements and it's oh, right. it's kind of getting, it's being flexible and encouraging all of your staff to be flexible. So mm. if you see a child taking um, sausages they've made in the role play area, yeah. uh, in the Play-Doh area, into the role play area, it's trying to encourage your staff not to say, put that back in the Play-Doh area <laughs> because they're oh, actually, right. they're, they're, they're enhancing that provision themselves. They're, they've made that food, mm. so they need to take it to the role play area to then cook it. Mm. It's being flexible with your areas that they can actually overlap. 
Yeah. They don't have to be rigid. really specific. And that's absolutely what the early years is about, isn't it? It's that's about right. if, we, if we're talking about child-led learning and they're making links between things, they should you should go along with that mm. and observe mm. them doing that's it. it. And it's make... one of the correct characteristics. It's looking at those, yeah. um, the children making links yeah. all the time. That sounds fantastic. I mean, you've talked about planning uh, enhanced provision and the fact to, to keep it flexible and yeah. to have some idea. I suppose sometimes you've got your directed teaching, haven't you? Mm-hmm. And then you might want to enhance that. But I think the message that's coming from you, and, it, and it's um, a very positive one, is that you need to keep an open mind with it. Mm. Um, and you also talked about the adult's role just briefly there. So I wanted to ask you a bit more about that because I can imagine that's something that some teachers find hard is knowing where to be what to say what to ask some people find that more natural than others so have you got any tips for what the adult's role is when they're looking at children playing and exploring yeah and this is this is a big area and it's an area that I'm quite passionate about and and working with particularly teaching assistants and often practitioners that haven't spent a lot of years with the early years children it's that coming away from tables coming away from worksheets coming away from directed very specific activities it's getting in there being prepared to be mm. on the floor being being mm. with the children mm, playing. actually playing yeah. alongside not questioning as in you've got a list of questions and I want you to ask this child this it's that actually being involved in their play so if you are in the role play area you might be mummy you mm. might be and uh, for example very early on in the year so September time playing with a, a small group of children I actually said oh have you got any have you got any bread? Bread. Little girl said no. I said, Oh, let me have a look. So we looked in the cupboard. Uh, oh, you've not got any eggs either. Oh, I must make a list. Rather than saying, Billy, you need to, to write a list, um, <laughs> I then got out a little piece of paper, a special pen, and I wrote a shopping list mm-hmm. and a little bit like talk for writing. So I talked through that list. Oh, we need orange juice as well, don't we? Let me write this down and modeling mm. writing mm. in provision. This showed a TA that I was working with exactly, it was perfect. The day after, a little girl who was reluctant to talk, reluctant to write, was in the role play area writing a shopping list. And I said to my TA at the time, come and see, come and look. And my TA said, gosh, she's writing, she's writing. And I said, ask her what she's doing. She did. And she said, I'm writing a shopping list. And that was through modelling rather than telling rather than too much questioning. So again, it's that really good modelling play, modelling good language, using good language, talking to the children, listening to the children. You're in there, your voice shouldn't be the one that people can hear. Mm, That's a really good point. And Um, it is about not just, because people say observe, it's not just about watching. Like you say, it's about listening that's right. to what they say, especially in a busy setting. That's quite hard And it's hard not sometimes. being there with your iPad, with a post-it note. No. It's being in there. If you have a quality interaction with a child or a group of children, that quality interaction will stay with you. You will remember that 10 minutes later. You will remember yeah. that after school. Yeah. If you need to add it to your online learning journey, if you need to add it to an observation form that you do, you do not need to be in there scribbling typing whilst playing with children Mm. the children need to see your that eye contact that interest and that's when their play will be at its best yes because they're valuing your 
you're you're playing with them exactly, basically, yeah. and they're like you said, they're imitators. They're, that's what their brains mm. are primed to look at good models, aren't they? And you modelling the excitement of having to make a list or the urgency of having to do something, mm. um, children will then model it. it. May might not be the next session. It might be a bit that's later right. on. And observing adults with early years children, it's what you so often see and practitioners do 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 it thinking that that's what they need to do so Mm. constantly questioning a child and you can almost see frustration on children's faces Mm. when somebody's at the side of them saying how big is that bucket is that bigger than that bucket can you find me a smaller bucket can you now find that bucket is that a blue bucket or is it a red bucket and Mm. it's almost like they know pass me that and the child said which one say you choose and the child might say i'll pass you the big blue bucket so that language will come without it being forced but it's watching the adults and saying to them if somebody came in to your game and started asking you loads of irrelevant questions you'd be really frustrated Mm. so you'd leave that play and you'd Mm. go on to something else yeah if you just sidle in there listen watch wait until you know that interaction's right and it is something that takes a long time and it takes a long time for some practitioners really to get the hang of it Mm. to to, to get those quality interactions but in the early years quality interactions really are the absolute they're essential Mm. yeah so actually it is essential it is as a practitioner to be able to do that that's wonderful Emma you've given loads of ideas there and maybe some time for people to reflect on their practice because it is Mm. hard isn't it when you've got all these different goals and things that you think I've got to get through but just to stand back and like you say a quality of interaction will get you a quality of observation and it might be later on. What you can do in a space of 10, 15, Mm. 20 minutes of being in an area with a group of children can often give you 10, 20 observations, things that Mm. you can tick off on a tick sheet (laughs) within 20 minutes of being involved with children, more Mm. so than being sat at a table Mm. directing. Yeah, that's wonderful. So... Maybe next I could ask you about something that uh, I know when I I used to work in reception, people were talking a lot about the rules and how you manage children, especially if you've got big classes and a busy setting. What do you think? How how could can practitioners approach that? You know, how to sort of manage their Mm. continuous provision? You set it up, you've seen some great observations, but then things might start going wrong. Have you seen what goes wrong? I know you've mentioned a bit about interactions not not Mm. being completely right, but what about the children themselves and how they are taught to use these areas? Mm. I think that's something that, in over 20 years, I've I've always done in the same way. There's not a lot of things I can say I've always done in the same way for 20 (laughs) years, but it's been extremely clear from day one Mm. so that your expectations and this is how we do it from day one. So right down to showing the children in groups or as a whole class, it depends if you've got the capacity to do that. So we will go to the reading area and we will pick up a book and I'll sh- we'll talk about it being the right way round. I'll put it out back on the shelf. We'll talk about how every book goes back there. This is where the puppets go. This is where this goes. Mm. Uh, and then we'll move round and we'll look at the role play area. So we've got four cups. We've got four plates. We've got this is where... And actually being that specific of where things go. Obviously, that is then... That first half a term, it's a lot of teaching, modelling, tidying up 
is a very valuable activity and I think in, in a lot of settings tidying up just becomes they kind of ring a bell or, yeah. or put a tidy up tune on and suddenly children start running the wall of death around the classroom <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah. and it's not actually yeah. a tidy up time you yeah. can see TAs madly scrabbling about for Lego and mm. trying to get them on the carpet whereas if they are trained very very early to be independent and and that goes back to the not having clutter Mm. so if you are minimalistic and very very clear where things go children from as young as three can tidy away beautifully Mm. and it's such a a valuable experience a valuable time and activity tidy up is an activity so also the how many children can play in an area even the children that very young can very very easily and quickly learn that only four children Mm. can play in there at once. Some people don't like to have those rules. I only have it in in certain areas, but children are quite good at self-managing that. They can go to an area (laughs) and see, oh, do you know what? I don't want to be here. There's too many people here. Yeah. I might come back later, Mm. Uh, rather than it being a hard and fast rule. Um, Can you come and teach my 13-year-old some tidying up rules? uh, Yeah, (laughs) teenagers seem to go backwards, don't they, then? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, it's just been having clear rules, I have I've always had special helpers, class helpers, whatever, checkers. I have chair checkers and um, yeah. the children like to have these roles. I've sit, I've had them with high-vis jackets on and clipboards <laughs> yeah. in reception going round and checking. And Mrs Reynolds, there are three books on the floor in the book corner. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they really take on those roles of importance. Yeah, yeah. Um, very seriously oh so that's great so yes yeah, setting up the really clear rules and don't yeah. worry how long that takes and it being just... consistent yeah being consistent for yeah. all your staff and whatever staff you've got in there so you don't pick up after the children you, you're being clear because yeah. as, as mums dads we know that we we do often mollycoddle our children yeah, we and do it for them, children don't naturally don't want to be mm. done for they want to be independent and that, that they do respond to that yeah. clear expectations, high expectations yeah. from, from a very young age. Well, that's great. Some really good tips there, Emma. Thank you. I don't know if you've got any examples for our listeners of some really particular favourites in your continuous or enhanced provision. Re- you know, for you personally, what you've seen either that you've done yourself or other practitioners have done uh, that you think's worked particularly well with children. Uh, I think I've touched on a few things, mm. but what, one of the great ones this year has been backpacks. So we've had camping backpacks, we've had writers' backpacks where the children have been able to pick them up and go off, and we've had. Uh, letter writing um, packs that the children have taken around have written instructions for for people anything tiny anything old so old keys anything shiny we have a we often have shiny enhancements so a shiny yeah. box will be in an area with new things in i collect anything shiny anything old to put in a little <laughs> box yeah. and they 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 are intrigued anything unusual then obviously going with the current interest. So at the moment we've got Shopkins and Num Nums and mm. tiny, tiny things. Again, there are so many things for, for maths, for, for sorting. They've put them into the construction. So they've built, at the moment we've got um, a moshy park. So they've got all tiny little mushling characters. Mm. Oh, and brilliant. For sorting. We've also got some um, old keys. I think they were from a garden centre. Big, rusty old keys on a big ring. ring yeah. um, they use those outside a lot for, for all sorts, and the Giant's mm. Castle and things like that. 
going back to quality resources in our role play area this year I have no plastic um so they're real pot like a little china tea set and we're now in July and we've had two breakages in the whole year and nothing on the floor normally you know in years gone by we've had Mm. pots and pans all over Mm. the place but they've really looked after that so giving them that high expectation to look after those things recipe books mobile Mm. phones so going to mobile phone shops and asking for the dummy phones that they use oh right um they're great great idea really good and they they, they've been added to different areas they're outside um construction areas role play so many photos on mini blocks um we've got mini me blocks so in the construction they've all i've put a a full-length photograph of each child onto a construction block so they can make, make things with each other in. I bet they love that. Yeah. Now, Emma, you and the three schools you work with all do the Cornerstones curriculum, don't we you? We do, yeah. And obviously for those people who, who haven't got it, it, it goes through four stages. You've got the Engage stage, Develop stage, Innovate and then Express. So can I just ask you particularly about the Innovate stage where the children are either solving a problem and they've got provocation to work on. How do you set that up and what's the role of enhanced provision in the Innovate stage? Have you done one recently you could maybe talk about? Yeah, we've done... Um, are we there yet? So um, a cornerstone's topic, all about transport, journeys. So the enhancements we had during the developed stages of the topic were mostly skill teaching so joining skills things in the craft area art area joining skills uh, and also construction area large construction area outside having more tires steering wheels things available for making their own vehicles outside testing out different sizes of ramps and how to join Mm. things testing out how to join card and paper, plastic, using different things. So the, the, it had all been there available in provision. So those enhancements had been there throughout the developed stage mm. over the period of weeks. And then when it came to the innovate stage, they had to design their own vehicle, whether they wanted to fly or float or move on wheels. They made lists of what they wanted it to do, what they thought they might need after using lots of different materials, using the enhancements in provision. And they took these home. Lots of parents provided things. We provided materials. And then we had a parent afternoon parent session where adults came, the parents came in and actually made their vehicles, their super vehicles, uh, which we then did an assembly with. And fabulous to be able to involve the parents. So we try and do that every topic uh, for either the Innovate or the Express stage. We have a parent session. Yeah, and I can imagine that during that afternoon then you had all your enhancements were were full of wonderful things they could use and they had their they planned right. their ideas and yep. you'd enhance those further so that they I bet they were really excited about they it were, as uh, well parents <laughs> more so than to, uh, you know coming in saying we've been googling we've been googling we know yeah. what we're doing yeah <laughs> oh that's great that gives a really good idea of how you can enhance in particular stages if, you, if you're doing the cornerstones curriculum um, so that's so many ideas there, Emma, and hopefully, you know, you, the listener have got lots out of this conversation. Um, maybe you're doing some of the things already, but hopefully it's given you lots of food for thought about your own continuous and enhanced provision. 
It's been absolutely brilliant having you to talk, Emma. Thank you so much for coming You're in welcome. today and ready for your holidays. Yeah, slightly. <laughs> so, a big shed clear out next week. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, don't forget if there's any keys in there, anything yeah, shiny, bring it, it in. But yeah, we really appreciate you coming at the end of term. Very well. We'd managed to grab her before Thank she you. went. And uh, if you would like to see any of the Cornerstones EYFS projects in the flesh, you can download two free projects that will be made available on a link below. We offer a whole range of projects for schools, but our EYFS projects have the mapped enhanced provision and also ideas for your continuous provision. So do take a look at those. And finally, if you've enjoyed this edition of the curriculum, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And thank you again for tuning in. Bye bye for now. (laughs) 